All righty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast doing our recaps of week five. We covered the AFC, and we are getting ready to take on the NFC. Wiz, how are we doing? Doing okay. No Thursday night football, so that means uh, everyone's kind of relaxed until uh, until Sunday, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. In a few leagues uh, that I'm in, we actually decided to uh, stay away from Thursday or Wednesday pickups this week because there's no Thursday football, and we're kind of just waiting for the weekend with uh, Saturday and Sunday pickups, especially given COVID news, we decided to make a change. And again, flexibility is something, and nimbleness is what you have to have because this season is throwing a lot of unexpected turns at us. Uh, We already got some news, and it should be watched. It wasn't a player. It was a coach. So, and that's the Atlanta Falcons have a, another positive case. So, a situation to watch. They're playing the Vikings this weekend, and you know, testing will be done. The NFL has, has been very careful about this. And I don't know, is there a chance we end up having a, a you know a, a third game uh, on Monday or a Tuesday game next week? Remains to be seen. So, you want to watch these things, but. Again, I encourage, if you're running a league, fantastic. You can make these kind of decisions. If you're not running a league, you got to make sure the guy that is doing so or, or, the, or the woman that's doing it is that you're, you're actually taking action and being a little bit nimble because this is a season like we've never seen before. Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, so you have to adjust on the fly, and you know it. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter. You have to do what's in the best interest of the league, and if that's um, you know actually you know having to move two, three, four times a week, and having um, moves actually take place at 11 a.m. on Sunday or 12 on Sunday, you have to do it. And uh, you know there are, there are things that are happening, and you you have to evolve with it because this is literally stuff that's you know on a day to day hour by hour basis and uh you know if you run the leagues you have to be willing to do what's in the bench the best interest in the league even if you want to have an everything bagel and orange juice okay you still have to do it that's the most important thing now let's move on to the nfc and uh we'll start with the nfc east where uh I, I think you'll probably agree with me. It was probably on a emotionally sad note and an emotionally happy note. The two stories of the NFL this past Sunday were both from the NFC East. The sad news with the horrific injury to Dak Prescott and the uplifting story was um, – was Alex Smith playing after you know his football career and and even to a point his his life was was in some in some jeopardy uh, after the horrific injuries and illnesses and things that happened to him in the hospital. So let's get it. Let's let's, let's talk about that. So with the New York Football Giants and uh, I was not a fan of. Daniel Jones, the guru, loved the player. Um, and I thought he'd be a good fantasy quarterback because I thought the Giants would be in a lot of garbage time situations. But my concern was his lack of ball security, which now happens every game and almost every game. It's a, it's a, it's a strip a fumble for a touchdown or a careless play where he's just not – securing the ball and his reading of the defenses. He can take off and run. He's got good athletic ability, but man, I see a lot of Carson Wentz in, 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 in Daniel Jones, but not some of the upside that Carson Wentz had. So I'd be a little concerned 
with the Giants and Daniel Jones moving forward. He, I'm concerned about the progression. Um, the Washington football team, uh, Kyle Allen started off hot. He got hurt. Alex Smith got in there. And listen, I'm not going to blame Alex Smith. Um, you know, Aaron Donald is a one-man wrecking show. He could wreck your game, and 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 that defensive line just took over the game. They didn't give Alex Smith uh, a chance to do anything. Uh, Kyle Allen gets to start this week, but um, still, I think there needs to be a lot of progression as far as the Washington football team is concerned. Their defensive line is elite. They Terry McLaurin. Is a, is a very, very good second-year receiver who's going to get better and better. Uh, Gibson's getting a lot more action. So they have sprinkled in some good players but and, and a good defensive line, but they need a lot of, a lot of in, improvement overall. The Eagles, if you were listening to the podcast, I gave my dark horse receiver to pick up and to start and to use in some of these DraftKings leagues as Travis Fulgham, and he went bananas. Now it's probably difficult. Uh, you're going to have to use a, a fair amount of your move money to get the player. So if you listen to the podcast and you picked him up or you made some money on DraftKings by using him at a $3,000 salary, he went wild. Good for you. And that's why you should be listening to this podcast. Um, concerned again with Carson Wentz how he's going to make it through the season, if he's going to make it through the season. Um, seems like they're just leaning everything on Miles Sanders at this point, and, and Boston Scott is completely you know, on the back burner, just not even being used. So I'm concerned about Carson Wentz and the hits and the situation that the Eagles are in. They find themselves fa- trailing in all these games. And then Dak Prescott seemed like he was on his way to breaking all kinds of passing yardage records due to his ability, the elite receivers he has, and equally the reason is how horrific that Cowboy defense is. And um, I think that's a bad loss. We talked about this in the preseason that Andy Dalton is probably the best backup in the NFL, and even scenarios where if you drafted Dak Prescott maybe for a buck or two or a late, late pick, you'd want to also have Andy Dalton on your team. So now he gets in there. I'm not sure how you feel about how it will affect or downgrade any of the receivers. One receiver that I am not worried about at all is CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I think that connection between Dalton and Tyler Boyd will be better between Dalton and CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb is a better player. Uh, Even as a rookie, uh, I predicted he'd be the best receiver on the Cowboys. I think that is either happened already or it's in the process of happening. But when you watch CeeDee Lamb play, He's an electric player, and uh, his run after the catch skills hasn't even been shown yet. Um, So we'll have to see how that goes. But just looking at this division, wow, what a mess. Yeah, it's a hot mess. There's no question about it. If the Giants had actually won that game, uh, the Eagles would be sitting in first place at 1-3-1, but the Cowboys pulled it out, so they are in first place. Uh, Look, they signed Dalton, was looked at as probably one of the best 
backups that we have in the league. It was a cheap signing, and, and look, it's a good spot to have a veteran quarterback. It, it remains to be seen how that impacts the skilled players on this team. I worry about this offensive line uh, for sure because they're banged up, and they're probably going to have to lean on Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more as well. Uh, speaking of offensive lines, and you mentioned Wentz, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles basically have rebuilt their offensive line. They've basically lost every single guy. There's second opinions going out for Lane Johnson on his injury. It's a big problem. It impacts the team, uh, you know, greatly. Um, and I think that's going to be a situation which, and again, already a team missing some offensive players. I think Fulgham, by the way, I hated, you know, Deshaun Jackson and, and um, uh, Alshon Jeffrey coming into the season these are old, down-redden players. I thought maybe a guy like John Hightower would, would step up. And he's had a couple of catches, but nothing too dramatic at this point in time. But the stage is set for Fulgham to be the guy here. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can kind of keep that going because they certainly had great chemistry last Sunday. Uh, you know, Ward is sprinkled in there. He gets his, he gets his stuff in the slot. And I, I, don't know, I don't see any reason for them to kind of change course here. Uh, but they got to get Dallas Goddard back into this offense because that's definitely an impact on, on this team. Um, you know, Washington, I think you make some very good points there, but they're moving on. And, and if you haven't watched the Alex Smith Project 11, 30 for 30 on ESPN, do yourself a favor, take the time and actually go see it. It's such an emotional journey that, that Alex Smith has had to get to this point. And I agree with you, you know, unfortunately he had to face Aaron Donald, but that's a, that's a tough task. But I think we'll begin to see more and more of Antonio Gibson as kind of we move forward here. And, and I think you'll see some of those young receivers on this team. They've been playing without Sims for a while, but Gandy Golden's been getting some snaps. So, and you mentioned McLaurin, very, very solid player. Uh, I'm equally concerned now at this point in time with Daniel Jones, as you mentioned. But one thing has actually kind of been a little surprising is, 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 is Freeman. Devonta Freeman has actually had a couple of good games in a row where he's put some numbers up uh, from, from the Giants' backfield. So that's encouraging. I think the thing here, even though both the Giants and Jets are 0-5, at least the Giants are competing week in and week out. Uh, the defense is actually playing overall pretty well. Uh, so I have some, I have some, some, some level of uh, confidence that over time we can get this done. But it's going to be a long journey for both the local teams. That's for certain. No question about it. So why, why took the sad, sad NFC East? Once you take more of the electrifying, uplifting NFC North, and uh, tell us your thoughts. So the biggest thing here is is the injury to Dalvin Cook, um, which I think the Minnesota will be. It looks like it's not a serious groin strain, and we talked about handcuffs at the beginning of the season. Uh, there's probably not many better than Al- Alexander Madison, and he'll step up this week uh, and, and be the person if, they, in fact, they do play the Falcons as long as there's no COVID uh, COVID uh, moving through the Atlanta Falcon organization. And I think you got to be very happy if you're in the situation. Hopefully, if you own Cook, you have Madison and you can move him right into your lineup. Um, and they're off next week. So there's no reason to rush uh, uh, Cook back at this point in time. I'd say the one thing that's kind of maybe been kind of underappreciated so far this season Kirk Cousins has actually gotten the job down, done down the field. He's probably been the most consistent passer for in long completions so far this year in the NFL. It's encouraging to see, and I think this offense will continue to open it up as as Jefferson gets more experience. Thielen has been playing extremely well at this point in time. Irv Smith starting to get involved a little bit more, which we like to see. We thought that should have been the case. So so good news here. Um, both the Lions and the Packers were off last week. 
this is another one of those rotten Belichick apples, and that's Matt Patricia. And I hope he gets his head out of his rear end and begins to start using uh, uh, Swift a little bit more in the running back spot because I think coming off the bye week, coming off a, f- a little bit of action, this is not to be time to be running Adrian Peterson 20 times a game. Swift is the more dynamic player. We want to see more of him. I think coming out of the bye week, you will see more of, of Swift kind of moving forward. That's my opinion. If you can trade for the player, I, th- I think if you can get somebody to, to bite on that, I like Swift moving forward. With Green Bay, we get looks like we're going to get Devonta Adams back. Um, I think the one guy that shouldn't be on waiver wires because they're using him a lot, especially with Lazard out and, and really mediocre receivers behind that, is Robert Tanyan. Uh, you know, Wiz and I have picked him up in a, in a league or two. Uh, I know you have him in, in, in one of those leagues where you have Waller off this week. I really like Tanyan. I think he's a good player, and they're clearly going to him. He had a huge game his last time out. He shouldn't be on any waiver wires at this point in time. And the Chicago Bears won a big game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're 4-1. and one. They're feeling a little bit more confident than they were with Matt Trubisky at quarterback. They are more confident with Foles at quarterback. It looks like they're trying to sprinkle in um, uh, Cordero Patterson a little bit more. I know you mentioned Bell is a good landing spot here, but it doesn't look like they're in that race. But nonetheless, when this offense plays better, it helps this defense. And the Bears are 4-1 and one now, and I think that's very encouraging news uh, for Bears fans because I think there was some – you know, after the after three quarters of football in week one against the Detroit Lions, it was looking like it was going to be a bleak season, but they've uh, really turned things around since that point in time. Yeah, let me give some just some uh, breaking news here. Uh, it seems Odell Beckham was sent home with an illness, and they're awaiting a COVID-19 result. So that's something to keep your eye on. That's uh that's a big factor, man. You know, we've been talking about this all the time. This is not even a day-to-day. This is literally an hour-by-hour situation because one player can affect several teams, right? I mean, if a player comes down, it affects the team that they're playing the game will be postponed. It certainly can affect contact tracing with the team that they just played. So this is uh, this is some news to keep your eye on. The Odell Beckham situation, just breaking that he was sent home from practice with illnesses uh, that I guess appear to be, you know, look like uh, it could be flu or COVID, you know, that's what they're saying, uh, intimating, and uh, that's why they've given him that test um, and waiting the results of the test. As far as what you said, I want to ask you about a few things. So in a private conversation that you and I have had, you feel Cordaro Patterson is going to be more in the offense. Do you feel that he is going to, at some point, just take over the role, not not get the lion's share of the carries? I, I don't think that's a realistic expectation, but do you think he's going to take over the exact role that Tariq Cohen had, where he'll get five to seven carries, he'll be thrown to five to seven times, he may get 70, 80 yards a game in combined rushing and receiving. I I know you feel he's going to be more of the offense, so I guess what I'm asking for the people that are listening is how much involved will he be? Yeah, I think he's going to take over that uh 
Tariq Cohen role. I really do. I think there's a player that generally they've not figured out how to use at any point in time in his career. Teams have struggled to kind of integrate him into their offenses. I There was a time where they thought the Vikings were going to do that. It didn't play out. He's been in the league for a number of years, but he looked good the other night, you know, early in the game, and then they didn't go back to him. But, yeah, I think he's going to get that kind of seven to ten touches a game, and every once in a while he's going to bust one of those things. He's a, he's a big man, and when he gets moving down the field – absolutely could be a factor. And look, Tariq Cohen wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire in the last couple of seasons. He, he, when he came into the league, he did make quite a splash. But I don't know. I just have a feeling that this is a 7-10 to 10 touch a week thing, and I think we're going to see a lot more of Cordero Patterson. And no, in no way, shape, or form am I saying he's going to take David Montgomery's job. And any, not, not, not the case at all. But he'll be a good complimentary part here. All right. We'll have to see how all of that plays out. Let's go to the NFC South, where sometimes it looks like Drew Brees is, re- is ready to join Phillip Rivers in the broadcasting booth next season um, because, I don't know, it doesn't look like he has the arm strength. I know he's playing in that cushy dome, and he does make some throws, and he did hit Jared Cook for a big touchdown, but the player was wide open. I have to see more of a sample size with Mike Thomas back. Like I have to see three or four games with Mike Thomas back, Manuel Sanders being used as a secondary guy, uh, and that offense with Kamara like on, working on all cylinders, and then and then get a, a better gauge on Drew Brees. But I, I just watch it, and I have some moments there where I'm thinking, oh boy, now I know why the Saints were trying to get Brady. Now I know this why the Saints signed Winston. Now I know why the Saints are begging Taysom Hill to stay. Uh, it just. I don't know. I have to see more of it, but I'm still dubious about Drew Brees, um, you know, over the long term. We'll have to see how that plays out. To the base, just Benny Godwin back on the field. Um, they, they just have not, you know, like uh, since the beginning of the season, it's either Godwin, Evans, or both players, or Scotty Miller. Like, they have to have all of their weapons on the field. They won't even be able to have all of their weapons for any game this year because O.J. Howard is out for the year, so now it's kind of a Cameron break, Gronkowski, but they, they bring a different element of the game than O.J. Howard. They, they, neither of those two players have any, you know, ability to stretch the field at this point, uh, especially Gronk, where he is at his point in his career. So they're, they're kind of a different team, but I'd like to see what that looks like. Ronald Jones has shown a lot of toughness and he's getting better and better in the running game if he can improve and, and, and work on his craft in terms of catching the ball I think he has the makings of being a top 10 uh, running back in the National Football League he has to work on that though um, what's not the like you know what you've seen from the Panthers so far I mean they're doing this without Christian McCaffrey um, and their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Teddy Bridgewater looks so comfortable in that offense. Robbie Anderson away from Adam Gase and the Jets looks like he is just loving life. A new player, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuels, the third guy has been a little bit disappointing. Um, but there is a lot to like uh, out of Carolina and. What can you say about Atlanta? They're kind of like just, you know, going through the motions. Um, 
they're going to see, you know, who's going to be their coach, who they're going to pick to lead the way. They have a tremendous amount of talent on offense, but they need toughness. They really need more toughness. Um, and they have a lot of things they have to work on, especially on the defensive side of the ball where they just look like they can't stop anybody. And um, that's basically my views on the NFC South. Anything you wanted to add to that? Atlanta's disgusting. It's just a, it's a really it's a really tough thing to watch. Uh, so I, I I don't really have much to add there. And it's tough, you know. Even though Gurley had a big game, it's tough owning owning players in this offense right now. Hurst has been a bit of a bust so far. We've talked about Julio Jones. It's a, it's not a great situation. Um, I, I would say it is amazing three and zero for the Carolina Panthers without McCaffrey. Davis has stepped in and had some huge huge games. You know I love Robbie Anderson as a player, and he's he's broken free and and they've figured out how to use him. Brady knows how to get him down the field. It, it's it's he was part of that New Orleans attack. He was at LSU and he's figured out how to use this player. And Teddy Bridgewater is lighting it up. That's a, that's a player that should not be available on, on any waiver wires because he's playing at a very very high level. I think, look, I'm worried about New Orleans like you, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm equally worried about Tampa Bay because, you know, they need to get Godwin back in this lineup. And it definitely looks like Brait is going to be much more involved kind of moving forward in this offense. You know, Gronk is, Gronk is you know, a shell of his f- former self. He got in there, he sprinkled him in here and there. But, but Brait could be a steady presence at tight end for this team moving forward. No, there's, there's 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 no there's no there's no question about it. There's a yeah, I, I'm really enjoying watching uh, watching Carolina play. You know, really enjoying that. And uh, go ahead, have at the NFC West. Uh, tell us uh, all about Russ Wilson and his cooking. Oh yeah, so this isn't going to stop. Uh, and it's not great for Chris Carson owners because they have definitely abandoned the run here. This is a pass first team now. And the cooking is going to keep going. I mean, he had three touchdowns uh, this past week. I think he tied an NFL record for the most touchdowns in his first five games. And this guy's on his, barring an injury, he's winning the MVP. That's that's plain and simple. Uh, I talked about that at the start of the year. I felt that was going to be the case. And Russ is going to keep cooking. He's not cooking this week. He's taking it nice and easy because he's off. So you, you got to figure out what to do with him this week. But man, oh man, he is on his way to a tremendous season. Let's hope he can stay nice and safe and continue to see, you know, DK Metcalf's involvement and and obviously uh, Tyler Lockett as well. But I think this is uh, going to continue the rest of the season. The Rams are four and zero against the NFC East. That's the good news. Um, now they got to start playing some real teams. So let's see what happens. Uh, there are some concerns still for me on this offense uh, in terms of consistency. I think this is a difficult backfield to predict and it will continue to be a difficult backfield to predict. So as they start playing better teams, let's see what happens. They should be licking their chops, getting after a team that's just been beaten down, and that's the 49ers, and they play them this week. The Niners look terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible. I don't know if we're on the on the cusp of a quarterback controversy, especially given Mostert back, Debo Samuel back. Debo Samuel was on the field a lot in this game too. So let's not jump the gun on one game, but this team got blown out of the building. Their defense is a shell of itself from last year. They're not showing Robert Saleh uh, constantly on the sidelines clapping away right now. This is a team that is very dysfunctional on both sides of the ball, and they have to figure it out and figure it out fast, or they're going to be watching the playoffs from home this year. And I know, you know, Wiz, you were very concerned. There's something very real about the uh, post-Super Bowl hangover, and that's what we're seeing. 
And, and, and let's look at the Arizona Cardinals, who they had to get a little bit better on offense, and the best uh, remedy for that is playing against the New York Jets. And uh, Kyler Murray had 380 yards, and all was good for this week. Uh, the one thing that seems to be very clear on this team right now is Chase Edmonds is way more than just a handcuff, and I think they're going to continue to find ways to get the Fordham flash the football moving forward. So be confident if you're a Chase Edmonds owner on a week-to-week basis, especially in PPR leagues, you can roll him out there every week. I think he's going to be very involved in this offense moving forward. Yeah, you have him against me in a week that we're playing. I'm not best pleased about that, but I did uh, say that last week that Chase Edmonds looked to be the player with the livelier legs. I'm really concerned about Kenyon Drake. It doesn't look right there. So I think you may see a changing of the guard where it's kind of like a 50-50 situation and they kind of maybe use Edmonds a little bit more. Uh, so, <clears throat> so I, yeah, I think, I think there's concern if you have a Drake and optimism if you have Edmonds and hopefully if you have a handcuff they kind of make a decision uh, if you have both players or other could be difficult moving on to the Niners I predicted two things about the Niners one that they would not win the NFC West and two that they would struggle to even make the playoffs and I'm feeling good about both of those predictions this is a huge week this week um, because I think a lot of people feel like the Rams are going to come in there and steamroll the Niners after what Miami did and I don't know if that's going to be the case. 49ers at home, the Rams, like you mentioned, didn't beat the greatest competition. But I'll tell you this, if the Rams go in there this week and give them another beatdown or win the game at San Francisco, I think, you know, San Francisco is about finito, uh, if that's the case. And by the way, one more thing about the Niners. The way to move up the quarterback depth chart on the 49ers is not the play. That's the way you move up the depth chart. Garoppolo's out with a sprained ankle. They're trying to rush him back. He's flying back up the depth chart. Garoppolo plays. Then all of a sudden, the backups look that, that, that bad. That is an ugly ugly situation at quarterback and they have a, a lot of talent and especially with all of those guys coming back and they got Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Mostert back and man that offense should be should be moving the ball better so they have got to get that quarterback situation figured out you know we talked in the offseason going into the draft how difficult it was going to be and I know you have a fair amount of equity in Malcolm Brown uh, I don't think you have any equity in Acres, and I'm not sure if you have any equity maybe in Henderson. I'm not sure, but that is an ugly, ugly situation. Um, Even right now, after they've played five games, I wouldn't be able to tell anybody with confidence who I like, who I don't like, who's going to emerge, who's going to get the lion's share of the carries next week. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't even think Sean McVay knows. I mean, I just think it's a it's a completely situation, a complete situation to avoid. And man, Russ Wilson. Um, has said that DK Metcalf has the potential to be the next Jerry Rice, and I would not disagree with that at this point. I mean, that combination looks dynamic and unstoppable, and I like Lockett as a player. I've always liked him as a player. I drafted him as a rookie, Um, but it's clear that DK Metcalf is the top guy there now, and 
I'm not taking anything away from Lockett. He'll have good games, but it's clear that the one, the top guy there is is Metcalf. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's dynamic and Russ Wilson likes to throw it to him early and often and that is a devastating combination to have in fantasy football at this point so uh, yeah that's about it anything else you want to add at all to the NFC or anything that's going on no just like I said I think we got to pay close attention these situations are evolving I mean it's been very busy Sunday mornings like I'm literally watching news at 11 30 12 o'clock at night sometimes on Saturday yeah, that group text roll and that thing starts at 6 a.m. oh uh, it's tough. It's really tough. Those things, so. you know, Cooper, he, he starts, you know, he, he starts with 6 a.m. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, he's on the Adam Schefter following whatever he's, you know, sending out on Twitter and he's reporting it and, and all of this. But, yeah, this is uh, this is a situation where you really have to check and be on top of this. And uh, if, you're a, if you're in a league that are running moves on a nightly basis or all going to have moves on Thursday, you have got to pay attention to what's happening uh, with, with especially this Odell Beckham story and the Falcons situation because you may have to think about players uh, to put in as replacements if the game is postponed if the game goes on but the player is not going to play you may have to think about who the next guy to step up is and um would you agree that you have to really be paying close attention to all this it's even more complicated too because now we're getting into bye weeks right so in addition to that who do we have off this week the saints are out uh the chargers are out the Seahawks are out, and the Raiders are out. So, so you've got four teams already removed from the equation. If you get one game canceled, that's six. And you know, look when we do our drafting, you know, I, I, I look at this situation. It's really funny. I'm, I'm, I'm playing you this week, and you know, I was all ready for the Chargers to play the Jets this week. I had the defense ready to go. I'm not prepared for a change in, in, in schedule. And the, the NFL has turned around and, and said the Chargers, you're off in week six. So these are things that everybody has to adjust for. We knew what we were signing up for when we were coming into this season, that it would be a season like none other, and that's the way it is. And unfortunately, we're all playing under the same umbrella and in the same sandbox. Nothing we can do about it. You just need to be proactive in making changes. And, you know, like Brett said, I got one of my commissioners that wants to eat an everything bagel and drink orange juice on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Rather than process moves, it's just absolutely the ludicrous. Is, the best is not only does he think that, he put a post saying that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just can't even, I cannot even sympathize with that type of attitude. The guy who runs the league says, I, I don't want to have Sunday moves because I like to enjoy my Sunday mornings by having a, a pound of cream cheese on an everything bagel with a gallon of orange juice. This is why we're not having Sunday moves. Can you imagine this? I mean, the, 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 whoever's running these leagues should be killing themselves to try and make the league as fair as possible and do whatever they can for the league. This guy is worried about, you know, laying in his bed with a wife beater on, uh, eating bagels and cream cheese with orange juice and, and watching the pregame shows and helping out the league. I mean, so you got you to gotta do something about that. Uh, you got to contact this guy and talk to him a little bit maybe. because it's, uh, it's not good. Um, I think it's, it's not good. So, right, so what's the plan of attack here? We're going to uh, Saturday morning possibly and, and give our uh, – I'll love him and leave him for the uh, for this upcoming week six. Yep, I think it's going to be a Saturday show as we get all the news. We'll have as much information as we possibly can. It'll be a full week of practices, and we'll be ready to tackle 
week six of the NFL season. One last thing before we close out to my boy JB in Cape Cod. We're going to turn that thing around this year, and I'm going to make you a fantasy champion. Yep, and I want to send a special get well to my partner, Mike Meadows. Get well, buddy. Uh, look forward to talking to you again about some football. Yep. All right, everybody. Yep. Be good, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs>